Uh, Luke chapter 10. Make sure you follow along with us. We've been going through this series called The Followers as we kind of been going through the gospel of Luke. And so uh, this section of Luke, we call them the followers because of just as we become followers of Jesus Christ, it's that picture of, hey, what does that look like and what do we do uh, as a Christian, as these followers of Christ? What, what happens in our lives? And so uh, here we are in Luke 10 where we left off last week and an opportunity for us to once again dig in. Uh, how many of you are excited that Gabby and I are getting married, just out of curiosity. Okay, good. Yeah. How many thinks it just brings more joy to me, just out of curiosity? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we've noticed you're happier. I don't know what it is. Just wait until the next time I'm here. I'm going to be even happier. There you go. Because then we'll be married. Yeah. Hey, but uh, let's pray. <laughs> Then that was a bad segue to prayer, right? Okay, actually, you know what? I'm going to read this because I want to share with you guys this. Um, Today's going to be a little about having this heart for heaven and, um, and, and really having an understanding that as followers of Christ, guess what that means for us? We go to heaven. Is that a crazy promise? I mean, seriously. And there is this incredible joy in that that brings to our heart, just like some of you shouted out, which I'm very happy because this is in a live crowd because we're an hour behind now. That's good. Everybody should be like shouting and yelling. It should be a fun day today. But um, this, you're going to see as we get into it, the heart of Jesus is for the people. Um, he just wants to reach people. And I hope that's our heart here at the cross, that we would want to reach people because heaven is ahead and we would love as many people to get there as possible. Amen. So check it out. Luke chapter 10, uh, verse one. After these things, the Lord appointed 70 others also and sent them two by two before his face into every city and place where he himself was about to go. So the Lord not just his 12 disciples. This is different from sending them out. This is now 70 others. Mark says 72, but the number is not that significant. I mean, it could mean all the nations that Gentiles, uh, excuse me, that Genesis talks about the 70 nations and Jesus just giving us a metaphor of, hey, you know what? We're going to reach all the nations. But whatever, they're going two by two out in the world, wherever this city place that Jesus faced is about to go. And I love that uh, he was about to go to these places. So he cares about these people. He cares about you. If you're here today and you didn't know Jesus loved you, I'm here to tell you that he loves you and he cares about you. And whoever invited you, who brought you, who loved on you, uh, man, that was one of his messengers that got sent out to say, hey, I'd love for you to come to church because I'd love for you to understand how much the Lord loves you but check it out verse 2 then he said to them the harvest truly is great but the laborers are few therefore pray the lord of the harvest to send out laborers into the harvest into his harvest it's his the harvest is great the laborers are few and then he says go your way behold i send you out as lambs among wolves carry neither money bag knapsack nor sandals and greet no one along the road but whatever house you enter first say peace to this house and if a son of peace is there your peace will rest on it if not it will return to you and remain in the same house eating and drinking such things as they give 
and, and for the laborer is worthy of his wages. Do not go from house to house. Whatever city you enter and they receive you, eat such things as are set before you and heal the sick there and say to them, the kingdom of God has come near to you. But whatever city you enter and they don't receive you, go out into its streets and say, the very dust of your city, which clings to us, we wipe off against you. Nevertheless, know this, that the kingdom of God has come near you. But I say to you that it will be more tolerable in that day for Sodom than for that city. So I'm going to stop there. We're going to pray and we're going to get into God's word as we talk about this heart for heaven. And I'm going to show you why, because at the end of our section where we're going to read today, you're going to see this this picture perfect reasoning of why you and I, man, we want to have this celebratory heart for heaven. God, we thank you for this opportunity to dig into your word. I thank you, God, so much for this church. I thank you for the, the people that are here. There's, there's families, there's married couples, there's singles, there's, uh, there's moms, there's dads, there's kids, there's students. Um, Lord, there's everyone here that says, hey, I, I want to learn a little bit more. And so, God, we pray that your spirit would lead and God, I pray you would help me, Jesus, just to not let this be about anything, my own opinion. My words don't have weight. Your word does. And so, Lord, we pray your word would take weight in every heart that's here and that you would speak to each person that's here and that you would help each one to know you a little better and that we could walk out of here changed. And so, God, we pray, may you stir in us those things that are important by the power of your spirit and by the power of your living word. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Well, as I mentioned, the countdown is six days. Did you guys know that? Now I'm going to do something that I've never done. Gabby, would you mind coming up here real quick? Give it up for Gabby. Uh, Yeah, come on. Got to hurry. Got to hurry, Gabby. It's your first lesson and me ordering you around. (laughs) I'm joking. I'm joking. Gabby, say hi to everybody. Hello, everybody. (laughs) Yes. Some of you have never met her. This is, this is her. You are really not a paid actress. Well, <laughs> I'm real. <laughs> You're real. And we're getting married when? <clears throat> Saturday. What's the date? I don't know. What? Why are you walking away from the microphone? I'm scared of being on stage. <laughs> okay. It was 11-11. 11-11. So, uh, we, but I wanted you to meet her so you could see the excitement in her, right? You're excited. Very. Yeah, very. You're, even though you're nervous right now, you're excited. I'm okay. Tell everybody. <laughs> Give it up for Gabby, everybody. Some of you are going, I am so glad I'm not marrying that guy. <laughs> yeah, well, I am too. Anyway, so six days. So, you know, this is obviously that time where you plan, you prep, you get all excited. You know, we've been seeing each other for two years. So, you know, and we got engaged in July and, uh, obviously she lived in Austin. She's just moved over here. We've, uh, you know, uh, really it's been, you know, hotels, Airbnbs, doing all this travel back and forth and just working and building on this relationship. And now we're in the final countdown, right? 
So we're in the final countdown, and there's this excitement that bubbles up. And I know some of you have gotten married. You're going, man, I'm, I, I, there's stress that bubbles up too because you're trying to plan your wedding. You're doing all these things. But it, when you keep your focus on really what that day is all about and how great it's going to be, then, then it's like, oh, man, this is going to be so exciting. This is going to be so great. This is gonna, and you're excited, and you're just excited you know, to get married. Uh, for those of you who are single and you're going, man, I'm looking for that date. Man, I am praying for you that God would bring that person in your life, that you would enjoy that day. But right now, uh, we, we celebrate and we get to kind of get ready and we're so excited. And here's the thought that I had. As we get so excited for this countdown, as Christians, as followers, as the followers of Christ, if we could have that kind of excitement for heaven, that I, and I know that it's like a no-brainer, right? I mean, you're talking about pearls uh, that are that are gates, you know, as you walk in and the streets paved with gold that we pay over a thousand dollars an ounce for. And that's the streets are paid for it. The, the walls are made up of all the crystals that you wear or that you put in special places, but that's just the walls. And you, you know, you realize that, wow, heaven is going to be epic when you read about it and you see that there's no more pain, no more tears, no more sorrow. And you and you think, wow, that will be awesome. But you know, we're so busy in this life. We forget sometimes the payoff, man, we're going to heaven no matter what. The Bible says when you're in Christ, guess what? Absent from the body to be present with the Lord. So there is this beautiful picture of man. I'm not only going to be with Jesus. I'm going to be with all these saints who, who have died and gone to heaven, but we're going to be in this beautiful place that we can't even describe according to the word. It's like, it's indescribable. Paul, Paul's not even going to go into what he heard what the descriptions were because he didn't want to have that pride but here for you and for me we have the opportunity to be ready for it and to say all right lord yeah i'm so excited for that time and, and i'm not saying oh i'm excited to die no i want to do everything i can while i'm here on this earth i want to occupy until he comes you know we don't want to just like, all right, I'm all about heaven. No, I'm not paying my bills. I'm going to heaven. No, we can't do that, right? But we can have a focus on, wow, there is such a reward ahead that my life here on earth can be so much richer if I allow the reminder that Jesus paid a price for me on a cross, that he died for me, my sins, and that but forgiveness, what we read at that verse during the prayer time, then I'm able to go boldly into that throne room of grace. Guess what? We're able to go boldly into heaven. You know, when we pray, we, we have this relationship with God and we're able to talk to him. And then when we come into heaven, man, we're going to be in his presence all the time. I don't, I don't know what that's going to be like. I just know it's going to blow away anything you think is epic here. That's for sure. And so there's this excitement about marriage. And did you know that marriage is an incredible picture of Jesus coming for the church. Okay? So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you a couple thoughts here. So check it out. This is the thought for you and for me. And uh, as we kind of look at, wow, you know, marriage, uh, where is that? If you look at Revelation chapter 22, verse 12 and 13, and behold, I'm coming quickly. This is Jesus speaking, right? John is writing it, but the, the spirit of the Lord speaks to him and says, behold, I'm coming quickly. My reward is with me. Give to everyone according to his work. I am the alpha and the omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. And then in verse 17, excuse me, yeah, 17, he says this, and the spirit and the bride say, come, 
And let him who hears say, come. And let him who thirsts come. Whoever desires, let him take the water of life freely. The spirit and the bride. The church is oftentimes referred to in the Bible as the bride of Christ. We are the bride. Ephesians chapter 5. If you're taking note, check it out. And I give this one. I did the whole thing so husbands would get a little conviction. Husbands, love your wives. This is good for me, right? Just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her. So in other words, man, we want the Lord, we want Jesus, you to come. But husbands, you got to love your wife as Christ died for the church and that he might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of water by the word, that he might present her to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that she should be holy and without blemish. You see, there's this, wow, there's this picture of the husband and the bride. And you see, Jesus is your bridegroom and we are the bride. And, and so what, what happens is back in Jesus' time, what they would do, I don't know if you know this, but what they would do is the parents would go to the other parents and then they would kind of negotiate a contract. And then the, the, the man who was the bridegroom or perhaps his parents, if he didn't have the cash, but they would actually give a dowry. They would make a payment. They would make a pledge of finance to that family and say, hey, here's what I'm going to pay. And that was the beginning of a betrothal period. And that betrothal meant, in fact, this couple was now really legally married, but they were not sleeping together, living together, anything. In fact, um, that was just the beginning. But this betrothal was that payment. Do you know that Jesus, he came for the bride in Corinthians. It talks about this in 1 Corinthians chapter 7. You were bought at a price. Do not become slaves of men. Jesus bought you and I at a price. Okay, the bridegroom. Remember, we're the bride. Now, check it out. Here's the thought. Then, as, as the groom goes from that, uh, from that time where he makes that pledge, now he, he goes actually to, the, to prep the home, to build up the marital home. And sometimes that could take up to a year. You didn't know how long. There wasn't like, hey, I'll be back next week. I'll be back in six months. There wasn't a date like, you are going to know, bride, when I'm coming back. I'm going to prepare a place. Listen to John 14. What did Jesus say? He said, in my father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself that where I am, there you must, you may be also. Do you see how cool that is? So the betrothal, it was like, hey, I'm going to go ahead and make this contract with you. Jesus says, I'm going to go ahead and pay for you with my blood. I'm going to die on a cross for you. I don't care how bad you were. I don't care how difficult. I don't care if you came into this church today and you did something wicked last night. Jesus loves you. Isn't that the coolest thing ever? And so he says, hey, and I paid the price for you by my blood. I love you that much. I paid the price for you. But not only that, you know what? Just like the bridegroom goes and prepares the marital home, guess what? Jesus went to heaven and prepares a place for you and for me. Now, even crazier, check this out. So now the bridegroom comes back with his boys. They make, they really, they kind of let them know with a loud noise, but they don't tell what date it is. And that's where Jesus said in Mark chapter 13, check it out. He said this, take heed, watch and pray for you don't know when the time is. You don't know when I'm coming back. Like, I think that's part of the heart for heaven. It's like Jesus could come back today. There is no other prophecy that needs to be done. There's nothing else that needs to happen. Jesus could come back today. He could come back for the church. And, and, and there's that picture when the 
when the bride when the bridegroom uh, comes and gets his bride, now some of you may not know this, but actually the bride goes to the bridegroom's father's house and lives there for seven days. Okay? So he, he, she will go to the bridegroom's, the groom's father's house, live there for seven days. When Jesus comes back for the church at the rapture of the church, we will have a seven-year party in heaven called a wedding feast in heaven. And do you know that, that he is coming back for the church, the bride, and we get to go to heaven? Crazy, right? First Thessalonians chapter 4 talks about them. We are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And thus we shall always be with the Lord. So prophecy tells us that during that tribulation period, that seven years of tribulation, the church will be in heaven. Now, how crazy good is that, right? So God gives us this picture of marriage and uh, how great. I'm getting married next week, so I get to share with you and just keep saying, yeah, I'm getting married next week. How many times can we say it? I'm going to keep keeping count. Am I at 103 yet? Okay, so here's the idea. It's the excitement, though, and the fact that, oh, yeah, Jesus is coming back. And so when we look at how his heart is for the people and our hearts should be as followers of Christ, man, you see his heart here in Luke chapter 10. Check it out with me. Verse 1, after these things, the Lord appointed 70 others also and sent them two by two before his face into every city and place where he himself was about to go. I love that. When you, have a, when you and I have a heart for heaven, it will lead us to have a heart for people. It will lead us to have a heart for people. You're going to have a heart for people when you have a heart for heaven. And, and here's what will happen. You, you begin to, oh man, I'm, 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 I'm part of this. I got this heavenly mindset. These disciples, they're all around Jesus. Jesus says, hey, I'm going to take seven of you. I want you to go out in all these places. And notice what he says. I want you to go into every city and place where he himself was about to go. Can I just tell you that God wants you and I to have that kind of heart to go, to be able to say, hey, I am willing to go and do that. I'm willing to go and do whatever it takes. I have that heart for heaven. I have that heart for people. When I have a heart for people, I'm going to realize that the more people I would like to go to heaven with me, right? Like, I, I wish, Gabby and I wish, um, we could invite everybody we know to our wedding, you know? Of course, money doesn't allow it, but also our size of our pavilion that we're doing it doesn't allow it. So it's like there's a lot of factors. But heaven is open to everybody. And Jesus would like you and I to go, oh, okay, I'm going to go into every city. I'm going to go to every place. I can go there. And, and Lord, just give me a heart for you. Because if I'm going to heaven, if I can taste and see how great you are, I want that to be shared with somebody else. I just want to encourage you that as you look on and you say, well, I, I, I would love to reach other people. Remember the heart of the Lord. It's in this verse in 1st Timothy chapter 2 verse 3 check out for this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our savior who desires all men to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth he desires all men to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth so it's like that should be our heart lord i want to reach all men i want to get out there and whatever it may be lord i know one day i'm going to go to heaven. Now, where do I get all of this from to kind of coordinate it? I want you to look over to Luke chapter 10, and I'm going to pick it up in verse 17. Check it out. 
Then the 70 returned with joy, saying, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. And he said to them, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. Behold, I give you the authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Nevertheless, don't rejoice in this, that the spirits are subject to you, but rather rejoice because your names are written in heaven. It's like, this is the whole thing. Man, your names are written in heaven. And we're going to talk about that in a moment. But it's that picture of, wow, yeah, that's right. My name's written in heaven. What does that mean? What's this thing called the Lamb's Book of Life? And it's anybody puts their faith in Jesus Christ. Man, your name is written in heaven. It's written in this book. And those books are the one. And we're going to talk about in a second how they'll be opened up. And so, gang, here's the heart for us as a church, as the cross. We come together on a Sunday because God says, man, I want you to don't forsake the assembling of the brother. And we come and we gather, we worship him. We give him praise. The whole idea with worship is I want to honor you, Lord. I want to give you praise. And then what we do is we dig into his word. We get to know him better. But my heart for all of us, me included, me and my wife to be on Saturday included. Okay. I just threw that in there. Thank you. You leave this place and we say, well, Lord, I want to take the care that I have for people here outside of these walls that I would care so much about them joining me in a place that is so radically epic compared to anything on this life that I would see them come to heaven here. I want them to be a part of that. I want them to know Jesus. I want uh, that, that part of everything that goes on. So a heart for heaven is going to lead us to a heart for people. Check it out. Here's, here's what happens back to Luke chapter 10. In verse 2, he said to them, The harvest truly is great, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. If you can imagine you had a field of your favorite fruit, whatever it may be. For me, it would be a field of raspberries or something. You know, it'd be like, I would love to see a field of raspberries. But you had no one to help you pick it. And if you ever bought raspberries and they tend to go like south in no time, it's crazy. So now, you know, if I don't get laborers to come and pick this, I'm not, man, we're going to, we're going to have a hard time reaching people. Uh, I mean, excuse me, eating those raspberries and in the same way that Jesus says the harvest is plentiful. There's people out there. There's incredible opportunity. And that's why I want you to have a heart for heaven because you can pray the Lord of the harvest. Who's the Lord of the harvest? It's God. He's the one who brings the the harvest but then you pray that the lord would send out laborers into his harvest lord i i i pray that you would please help people to reach but pray that you and i would even be able to reach and so this is the heart for the second thought for you and i is this a heart for heaven i really believe will lead us to pray for others it really will it's like oh man i'm going to heaven i want i want joe down the road to go to heaven i want my neighbor to go to heaven i'm going to start praying for him How do you practically do that? You just begin to put them on a list and you pray for them. And you pray that God would even give you an opportunity to talk to them. So many times, I mean, we we think, oh, oh, yeah, I got to pray for them. Oh, yeah, I should pray for them. I say, write it down on a list. Look at that list and begin to pray. Like, be tactician as far as, hey, you know what? I want to get you to the wedding feast. It's kind of like what Gabby and I were putting together all the wedding and, you know, they got these great websites where you can list people out and then 
you're, you're trying to track them down. And some people are better at RSVPing than others. I'm not going to mention names right now. But uh, so, so some people are better at RSVPing. So you're like, oh, okay, they, they didn't RSVP. Well, let's send them a text. Let's send them a phone call. Let's send them an email. Hey, are you coming to the wedding? Like, do you even love us? Do you even care about us? It's been a long time since we sent out this email. Oh, it's in my junk mail. That's right. Oh, okay, yeah, whatever excuse you got. That's great. So I'm kidding. No, I know it goes to the junk mail. It's, of course it does. And so, so it's, but the whole thing is we pursued that, right? It wasn't like, well, if they're not RSVPing, bag them. I'm taking them off the list. <laughs> we don't do that. We don't do it. Why? Because we love them and we want them to come. Do you understand? You see the similarity? Like you have people out there that are perishing without Jesus Christ. Do you understand that we have the good news of the gospel of Jesus, that if a man believes, he will be saved. And do you know that you can present that to somebody? You can pray for them. You can see God work in them. And their life can be eternally changed forever. Because maybe you put them on a list to pray every day. Man, I want you to think of two people that you would write on your list right now. And I want you to write them down in your notes. Two people. And they, you may be sitting next to one right now. Maybe you brought them to church. And that person's going, oh, I can't believe this. Okay. <laughs> but here's the idea. Pray for them. I challenge you. I challenge me. It's like, all right, Lord, who would be those two people that I would pray for, that I would see you do something great? Because, Lord, I know you desire all men to be saved. I know you desire to see something great happen. And, Lord, help me to pray for them. Help me to pray that, Lord, there would be a great harvest even. And and here's the other thing I would ask you. Pray for our cities. Pray for Aventura. Pray for North Miami. Pray for Miami. Pray that the harvest would come. Whether it's people coming to this church or other churches, pray that God would just do an incredible harvest in this area. It could be Hallandale, Hollywood, wherever it might be. Where you live, you pray for the harvest. And then I believe, here's what will happen. When you begin to pray, God, please send out the laborers to go and share you with others. God's going to knock on your heart and say, why don't you just share with them? Why don't you've got them on your list? Just go share with them. And then you pray, okay, Lord, if you want me to share, open up an opportunity for me to say something and watch out because I believe God will. And that's when you take that step of faith and you say, hey, I love you. And I just want to invite you to understand how much Jesus loves you. And I want you to come and join. I want you to understand that he died on a cross for you. And this isn't all made up. This is historically true. But not only that, but it is spiritually evident in all these people's lives who have changed lives when they're in Christ. They're new creations. Old things pass away. All things become new. And, you know, yesterday we saw some people get baptized out at the ocean, and that was awesome. And, and so we celebrate those people. Let's give it up for anybody that got baptized, by the way. Yes, we're stoked you got baptized. And there were kids that got baptized. A lot of kids got baptized yesterday, and I love that. Yeah, it was awesome. And you know what was so cool? Those kids would look me in the eye and go, well, because I want to know Jesus better, because I want to follow him. And I'm like, yeah, you do. That's right. And these kids were awesome, right? 
And so it's that opportunity where they're, they're saying, hey, I'm going to put this memorial stone in my walk with God. I'm going to say, this is the day that I'm getting baptized. It's not a day of salvation. No, salvation happens when you put your faith and trust in Christ. But baptism happens when you express that salvation and trust outwardly and proclaiming it to everyone else. It's the outward expression of what's already happened on the inside. And so, man, we celebrate that. But it's that kind of moment that you look on and you go, I want that for that person. I want that for that person. I want that person that's in this house that you were a drug addict or you were an alcoholic and Jesus came in your life and you are totally different now. I know you want that for your friends who are going through whatever drug addiction or problem it may be. And you're saying, man, Lord, I I want that for them. And here's what, so here's what happens, and it happens to me. We get so busy in life that we forget having a heart for heaven. And when you forget about a heart for heaven, you may forget about all those people that are hearts out there that Jesus wants to reach, that he wants to love on, that he wants to save, that he wants to change. And, and, and can I be honest? We can get so selfish in our Christianity because it's like a cocoon. We can be like, oh, man, it's so nice and warm and fuzzy in here because everybody's a Christian. We all love each other as opposed to, man, there is a whole dying world out there that is going to die apart from Christ, and that would be devastating. And so if we have this heart for heaven, I believe it will change maybe our heart for people, and I'm convicted of that. And, and, and just to be, hey, I'm going to pray specifically that I have an opportunity to, to reach out to this person, to this person, whoever it may be. God, help me to, help me to share something with them. And you know what? If, it, if, if, if they don't want to hear it, okay, no, no worries. I'll, just like the, the, the ones that were sent out, I'm not going to shout to them, hey, uh, you know, worse, more tolerable you than day of Solomon. They're, they're not going to understand that. But I'm going to say, hey, I'm going to move on to the next person then. I'm gonna, I've shared. I've gotten my opportunity. And now I'm going to keep praying for them, but I'm going to come, come and start sharing with other people. I'm going to still love on them and be a friend to them, but it's, it, I've, done, I've done what God, you've wanted me to do. It's awesome. awesome. So we look on and we go, all right, so here's Jesus. He obviously gives them instructions. They go out, they, you know, where they go. He's making them trust him. And I think that's one of the things when you go out and you share, you are trusting Jesus all the way, aren't you? Right? Because it's, it, how many get freaked out? It's like your heart starts racing. It's like, oh, this person just asked me about Jesus, and I'm not sure what I'm going to tell them right now. And it can freak you out. But here's what I know. When it, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And the more that you fill yourself with Jesus, the more you will just share him with others as you begin to just talk to them and care for them and love them. And the more you care for them, the more you're going to want to see them in heaven. And it's this opportunity that you and I have. It's like, man, I want you to come to the wedding feast, man. I want you to come to the party. I want you to be a part of this. I love you. I don't want you to miss out on that. That's my heart. Lord, help us to reach Aventura, North Miami, Hallandale, Hollywood, North, you know, wherever, Miami, wherever it may be. Help us to reach. Not, not because, oh, we just want to get numbers. No, because individual lives. If you look around you right now, there are people from every walk of life here in every different faction of life, every person. We all come from different backgrounds. Do you know that is the heart of heaven right there? 
and we just want to reach more people so that they can actually have their lives eternally changed. Hey, so check it out. He gives them instructions, tells them to walk in faith. He challenges those in verse 13. This is the, he gives them a woe to Chorazan and woe to Bethsaida. Um, for if the mighty works which are done in you had been done in Tyre and Sidon, they would have repented long ago, sinning in sackcloth and ashes. In other words, these guys would have, if they would have seen all those miracles that happened, they would have repented. They would have changed their waves. But you guys didn't. And so it's kind of a woe for you, but it'll be more tolerable for Tyre and Sidon at the judgment than for you. And that just goes to show you that there is in hell a a stricter judgment depending on what you've actually received. And so these guys, they, they, if they would, if Tyre and Sidon would have known, well, they're saying it would be more tolerable to them, but those guys that already knew, man, you're going to have a harder time. So that's, that's just a, a, a little bit of theology that you can get. And then he says, and you Capernaum, who are exalted to heaven, will be brought down to Hades. He who hears you, hears me. He who rejects you, rejects me. And he who rejects me, rejects him who sent me. So, you know, it's that picture, you guys, of, man, I don't want to reject him. Uh, If you reject Jesus, you're rejecting. If if you reject my words, they're rejecting Jesus. And that's when you just want to pray even more. And then we go back to the verse we read just before. And I want to key on verse 20. Nevertheless, do not rejoice in this, that the spirits are subject to you, but rather rejoice because your names are written in heaven. This book of life. This wonderful book of life. Revelation talks about it in chapter 20. It talks about it this way. Then I saw a great white throne and him who sat on it, from whose face the earth and heaven fled away. And there was found no place for them. And I saw the dead, small and great, standing before God. And books were open. And another book was open, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged according to their works by the things which were written in the books. The sea gave up the dead who were in it. And death and Hades delivered up the dead who were in them. And they were judged, each one according to the works. And death and Hades were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. And anyone not found written in the book of life was cast in the lake of fire. I know it's like, wow, that is so heavy. Are you kidding me? You're like, this is, this is reality. Do you understand? You don't have the book of life. If your name's not in the book of life, what, what? What, what would happen? Well, you, it's because you don't have Jesus. You see, when you receive Jesus, then your name gets written in the book of life. And so Jesus, and for you and I as Christians, when he says, nevertheless, don't rejoice in this, but the spirits are subject to you, but rather rejoice because your names are written in heaven. Can I just say, it is not about what we do. You know, these guys were casting out demons. They're seeing people. All these things happen. And he's saying, hey, I don't want you to get caught up in that. I want you to get caught up in the fact that your name is written in heaven. It's in the book of life. So I believe a heart for heaven is going to bring joy to our hearts. Because it will remind us, man, my name is written in heaven. Not because of anything I did, but because of everything Jesus did. It's everything that the Lord did for me. That's why it brings me joy. So here's my question for you. Is your name written in the book of life? Well, I 
how do you how do you get it there well it's by understanding that jesus the one who died on the cross for your sins and for mine paid the price the one who is the bridegroom who comes for the bride he's the one who paid the price for your sins and mine and when you put your faith and trust in him when you believe in him when you surrender your life to him guess what the bible says your name is written in the book of life yeah it it, it is there. Even God knew it before the foundation of the earth. And the Bible even talks about how it's in there, the foundation of the earth. But here's what I know. I know that you and I have this opportunity to share that joy with others, to be able to share with others, to go out. Like we should be the happiest people alive. You know, my name's in the book of life. Oh, my goodness. Did I get invited to Greg and Gabby's wedding? I'm so happy. <laughs> You know, if you remember back in the old days when you're maybe in your, some of you were partiers and you'd go to a club and they would have a list of people that could get in or whatever. If your name was on the list or whatever, it'd be like, oh yeah, my name's on the list. And you felt really cool about, oh yeah, my name's on the list. You can check the list. Oh yeah, it's right there. That's me. And then you get in, right? Well, guess what? When you get to heaven, when you have Jesus in your life, your name's on the list, baby. That's a cool thing, you know? Your name's on the list. So it's this heart for heaven that produces all these things. It's going to cause us to, man, it's, it's going to cause me to be somebody that really cares for people and prays for people and then has joy in my heart. And we want others to know that. And I pray that we would pray for a great harvest to happen, that God would do something incredibly, powerfully great, not only in this church, but in this community. You know, that's why we do Project Joy. That's why we do the Christmas Outreach. It's not to do, uh, it's not in the Bible like, hey, you got to do Project Joy or Christmas or else, you know, you're not going to heaven. No, no, no. We do it because we have a heart for Jesus and we want to reach people. And we may just come across somebody who actually needs something and then they need Jesus more than that. And we get the opportunity to share that with them. And whether they come to church here or somewhere else, it doesn't matter to us. We just want them to see them in heaven one day we'll see them and they'll go oh you delivered groceries to my house and i remember and i got saved and it's because of that that they became a christian and their life was changed and you see them at the wedding feast in heaven how cool is that but if your name's not written there then all it takes is hey let me surrender my life to jesus let me go ahead and believe that you died for me on the cross let me put my faith and trust in you, Jesus, because you love me that much, because you care. Here, here's what Peter writes, and, and he says it this way in 2 Peter chapter 3, to close it all out, the Lord's not slack concerning his promises, some count slackness, but is long-suffering toward us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Repentance, it's a change of direction. It's realizing I'm a sinner and I've messed up, but there's a holy God who loves me so much. He sent his son, Jesus, who died on a cross, who who actually paid the price for my sins, who actually rose again from the dead and gives me the opportunity to have forgiveness of sins. It's a free gift. There's nothing you do to earn it. There's no way you could do stuff to get to heaven. Jesus did it all on the cross and all you have to do is say, yes, Lord, I receive you as my savior and I believe in you that you died for me. And if that's you today, we want you to join that family but we don't want you to leave here without knowing yes i have the hope of heaven in my heart so god i thank you for everybody here i pray now your spirit would lead and guide and if there's anybody here that doesn't know you today lord we know that your spirit is powerful and true 
And you may be knocking on somebody's heart saying, yes, today is the day of salvation. Let today be your day that you receive Jesus. And I pray for anybody that needs to know you, Lord, that today would be that day for them. As our heads bowed and eyes closed, if you want to surrender your life to Jesus, you want to put your faith and your trust in him, here's what I want you to do. I just want you to lift up your hand. And just say, yeah, pray for me. I want, I want prayer. I want to start that relationship with Jesus. If today is that day for you, or you want to have forgiveness of sins and the promise of eternal life, if that's you today, just lift up your hand right now and just say, yeah, that's me. I want to start that today and have that hope of heaven in my heart. Awesome. Okay. Father, we thank you for those that have their hand lifted up. And we just thank you, God, that you can do something great here today in this church, in the place. And I pray for those, Lord, that they don't know you, but yet today they discover that you, Jesus, have something greater for them. And so, Lord, I pray right now as as a church, as we gather together, we're praying for them. And we pray that their heart would be changed, that they would be molded and shaped to know you better, that they would help them to understand your love, your sacrifice, your blessing, your grace, your forgiveness, and your sacrifice. Lord, I thank you, Jesus, for what you've done for us. And I pray uh, as a whole church together, we're going to just say this out loud. Say it to the Lord and those that lift up your hand. Mean it from your heart and let this be a time where you say, yes, I want to follow Jesus. So say this, Lord Jesus. Thank you for dying for me on a cross. Please forgive me of my sins. I surrender my life to you. And I want your help to walk with you. I'm going to follow you from this day forever. Thank you for the hope of heaven. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Give it up for those.